welcome to episode four of the Pets at Home Puppy podcast. And today I am joined again by Maria Willens and her lovely puppy Rags, who is again passed out on the floor asleep, chilled. She is here, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Carleen Herman, who's um, head of pets as well as being a vet from Pets at Home. Hello, Carleen. Thanks Hello. for coming again. And also with us today, we have Louise Holmes, who's a store manager at Pets at Home and uh, who performs the uh, nutrition consultations in store. So we'll be chatting to her a little bit about that as well. So by ensuring that they receive the best nutrition from day one, clearly you will be giving your puppy a happy, long and healthy life. So Maria, you've got the adorable rags again joining us for this episode. How are you finding mealtimes with her? So... I was expecting mealtimes to be all excitement and paws up in the air and so on. But for the breeding that she is, I'm quite surprised that she doesn't have that much of an interest. She does eat her, her three meals a day quite happily and she's settled into quite a nice routine. But sometimes she'll go, yeah, I'm not ready for that just yet. And she'll walk away from it just to be reminded 20 minutes later, your breakfast is still down there, Rags. And she'll go, oh, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll go and eat now. But... Generally, she'll eat quite happily. She's not food obsessed, which I think is a good thing. But sometimes just needs reminding it's time to eat. Yeah. Oh, that's quite, yeah. You're very lucky in the one sense that she's not wolfing everything. And yes. also, like, she's just so chilled. She's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Carling, is, um, is that a good thing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's very normal. Um, all puppies are different. Yeah, you have some that are food obsessed and will literally wolf everything down. And like you said, Kate, that isn't necessarily a good thing. Um, what I would say, though, with puppies, and especially when they're little and you are feeding them several times a day. So generally, I think we advise three to four meals until they're about you know, six months and then take it down to two meals a day. Bigger dogs when they're adults, some even like only eating once a day. Again, depends on the dog a bit, but generally medium and small breeds twice a day. But if they don't eat their food straight away, don't be afraid to just take it away. And they need to learn that there's meal times and then there's other times. So one thing I wouldn't recommend is having food out all the time okay so you literally just put it down if they don't eat it take it away take it away and that's not cruel or no and the next meal time it'll be time to eat and i promise you (laughs) she'll be hungry then so i think a 20 minute mark is is about right you know you said you remind her after 20 minutes that's fine um if she then eats it great but if if any longer than that I, i wouldn't be too worried to just remove it and then wait till the next meal okay okay well that's interesting so what about treating and you wanted to uh, bring yeah. up the treating. Yeah, treats. I mean, obviously, as a, as a vet, I see the sort of bad side of, of treats and too much food. So um, obesity is a, is a big problem. You know, like in people, we see it in dogs as well. And unfortunately, the statistics are quite sad, make for sad reading. So um, they reckon about 60% of adult dogs are overweight and 20% of puppies at six months, which is really shocking because wow. um, prevention is better than cure. And when they're that small and already overweight really the effects are are, are lifelong of that so it doesn't mean you can't treat your dog and treats are really important especially when it comes to training but a treat doesn't necessarily have to be a treat if that makes sense so you can easily just take their normal food and use that as treats so a lot of dogs don't really mind whether it's a gravy bone or just a kibble from their normal diet so if you do give treats then take that into account that you might need to feed them a little bit less but you then run the danger that you're feeding more treats than food and so then they're not getting the nutrients and, and minerals so 
How think, do you come to a happy medium then? I mean, is there a I would tried say, and tested method? Or? I would say you probably wouldn't want more than, you know, 10 to 15% of your dog's daily intake to be treats. That would be like the absolute maximum. And don't be afraid again. I mean, pu- you do get special puppy treats that tend to be smaller. But again, those don't be afraid to break them up in little bits. You don't have to give a whole one every time. Just break it up and then you've got four or five treats right there. Is a... Uh, Rags big on treats, or is she just a little bit too little for you to sort of bombard her with um, treaty poos? What, what's um? She does know her treat pouch. She really, rec- she recognises the treat pouch, um, but she kind of knows that she's got to work for those as well. Oh, well, that's or interesting. It's a distraction, you know. If she if she is actually doing something on those rare occasions, I can throw just a few, like you say, a broken up puppy treat down on the floor. She's like, oh, I'll eat that. And you've exactly. done that from a from a young age, as, yes. as young as you could, to yes. get her used to knowing yes. what treating so, is. Yeah, so she knows the difference. Although sometimes we will use the kibble as the treat, she'll know the difference between if it's coming out the pouch or if it's being presented by hand, that's treat. Dinner, breakfast, lunch goes in the bowl on the floor. So. Okay, well, um, do you mind if we skip over treats for a minute? Because we've got Claire North from um, North Canine Training in the studio as well. And she's currently sitting on the sofa with rags. If we can just skip over that for a moment, we'll, we'll come back to treating because I want to talk about it in a behavioural concept as well. So also joining us is Louise Holmes. Hello, who's a store manager for Pets at Home. I just wanted to ask you, Louise, about what happens in a nutrition... Sorry, I'm just trying to cross my legs under this very short table. <laughs> yeah, what happens in a nutrition consultation in store then? What, 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 what do we see happening? What kind of questions are you asked okay so there's um there's three levels to the consultations in store there's silver gold and platinum uh the silver one is a a brief chat it's about 10 minutes long the dog doesn't have to be present okay um so we just discuss life stages look at the meat content on some of the foods and the differences between the various foods that we offer um and it's just a, a general chat on nutrition at this point the gold consultation is 25 minutes long that's do you need the dog there yes so the the dog comes in for that one it's a bit more in depth we do a weight check and look at the specific benefits to the diet and at this point we could discuss any uh, health concerns or issues that the the customer wants to come in and and solve Uh, the platinum uh, session is 45 minutes long this is the top level that we offer the dog needs to be present we'd weigh the dog uh, do a health check with a body condition score and uh, look at developing a feeding plan and address any health concerns that uh, we may have at this point. Um, we'd always encourage with a puppy owner to return potentially bi-weekly to measure whether the, the new food is is what the puppy needs to be on and uh, to look at the feeding plan and readdress where, where we might need to. So, Colleen, do you have anything to add to what Louise has just said happens in store and the experience that um, customers can expect to have? No, I think it, it's a great service Pets at Home offers. Obviously, diets, it's a minefield. There's so many different ones and lots of clever marketing, I think, as well. So, you know, some packaging looks really enticing and, you know, often the, the marketing is, is more for the owners rather than the dog. It doesn't necessarily make a diet better than another. So actually speaking to someone who knows about all the diets in store can really help you. What I would say is, and you, I think you probably agree with me, is, um, you know, you kind of get what you pay for and the more expensive diets tend to have higher quality ingredients. 
but it's a case of finding what suits not only your dog but also your budget and it's just finding yeah. that happy happy medium so what kind of things do you get asked in in store and in the consultations i mean do people ask you, for instance, about transitioning food or going from wet and dry? Yep. Is so, that something you can give advice on? So on the, on, on the transition period, we would always say if the, the puppy owner comes in with their dog straight from the breeder or within the first few weeks to, to maintain the food that the puppy has been on uh, whilst with the breeder, after that fact, if they want to then change the food, we'd say to do that in increments of 10% over 7 to 10 days. Oh, okay. Just because the stress of moving from breeder to, to new owner could be yeah. enough to upset the puppy's stomach. We wouldn't want any food to exacerbate that and upset the stomach further. So unless the puppy is uh, really not very well, maintain the food that uh, is the puppy's been on while with the breeder and then transition to the food that the, the new owner wants to have their dog on for the rest of their life, really. Colleen, is that good advice? I, I absolutely agree. And I think if that transition goes smoothly and you, you put your puppy on whatever the diet is that you've decided um, you, you want to um, feed, give it a bit of time to settle in. So give it a few weeks. I think we were chatting earlier, sort of three to six weeks. Don't after a week say, oh no, my dog's poos are still a bit too loose. Obviously not the diet for them and change again because I think too frequent changes isn't great again for puppy stomach just get them used to one thing and give it a bit of time okay so um you can louise just right can you um book the consultations online at petsathome.com you can or do you have to come into store to do it or either or uh, either or quite often we can do them there and then uh, certainly the silver level with it just a, being a 10 minute chat we do those without even knowing in store oh Someone great so if you, you just come in on, off the cuff and yeah, just um, got a question that's just a natural uh, chat that happens when you you approach a customer down the nutrition aisle yeah um but the other the other sessions are available to book on the website uh, you can just search nutrition consultation it will take you to the the cat or the the dog uh, tiles and you just select which pet you want to have oh, your consultation, uh, consultation on. And are they free? Yeah. Yes, they are. Amazing. Yeah, it's all free. Um, you do weight checks and stuff as well, don't yeah. you? Install? Yeah, We're quite often if we've got vets in store, the scales are outside in reception so the, we can take the dogs up there but we do as a as pets at home have the scales as well and we'll, we'll go through that with the customer on yeah. an ad hoc basis. That's not a, a session they need to book in on. Ah, oh, brilliant. So there's loads that you can just literally just walk in off the street with your pet get a bit of advice in store. Okay, so you can, we'll put all the notes in the uh, podcast notes about how you can um, book your consultation. But as we said, there's no no need to book. You can just go in or go to petsathome.com. Sorry, what did we search for? Nutrition, nutrition consultation. consultation. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why would you put anything else into the search bar for that? Okay, well, thank you, Louisa. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so luckily for us... Rags's owner, Maria, is also, um, let me get your title right. Oh, you can tell me what you do. What do you do, Maria? I'm the senior expertise trainer for Pets at Home. So I basically, I help to uh, train our colleagues in all sorts of different subjects. Um, I help with the online training that we do as well. So. Excellent. So um, nutrition, I'm yes. assuming, is one of the topics it's, you cover. It is, yes. Oh, that's it's a great. big topic, but yes. So <laughs> I wanted, I've got a few queries of my own, again, purely selfishly, about transitioning. So Colin, can you actually transition from wet to dry? Can you start off on wet, then move to kibble, dry, or do you have to, is there a transition process that is necessary? Anything goes really. So I wouldn't say wet is better than dry or a combination is better than 
one on its own. But as we discussed with Louisa, it's transitioning. So it's not necessarily the consistency you're transitioning for, if that makes sense. It's just if you're using a new diet, you need to get your puppy used to it and introduce it gradually. Whether you feed wet or dry is entirely personal decision, I would say. Maybe some dogs prefer wet more than dry or vice versa, but I think it comes down to more owner convenience and what they like to feed. I don't know what you feed Rags. So Rags is on um, a dry kibble. She does have it wet down. When we first got her, we wet it down so it was easy for her to pick up. Just with water. Just with a bit of water and it would soak up and soften and we're now moving away from wetting it down so she's just getting the dry biscuit. And it's all going well? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Who's okay? Yes, like a sausage. (laughs) (laughs) We're also joined in the studio by Claire of North Canine Training and uh, I know that Colin, you had some questions for Claire with regards to behaviour and yeah, nutrition. I'd be, I'd be quite interested. Obviously, from a vet's point of view, we generally say, you know, yeah, some a lot of more expensive diets have got higher quality ingredients, so therefore they will be a little bit better. But generally, when it comes to sort of a disease illness point of view, unless your dog needs a prescription diet because they've got a particular illness, any complete diet will do in a way. So as long as it's a puppy diet, it's complete absolutely fine with that if that's the one you want to feed and your puppy agrees with it but I'd be quite interested to know sort of from a behavioral point of view what your thoughts are and how much diet influences behavior as well yeah absolutely so I would say that diet can heavily influence behavior so what we would look at so if I go and I see I see a puppy or a behavioral consultation one of the first things that I want to look at is diet And there's multiple reasons for that. The big one is the quality of the ingredients, really, for me. So the food obviously needs to suit the dog. So I couldn't say this is the food, you know, for every dog. That's going to be different, dog dependent. And sometimes what suits one dog doesn't suit another. That's that's really key to take in mind. But, yeah, diet is hugely important. So low-quality nutrition, apart from obviously having a physical side to it, has a effect on their mental state as well so if you imagine if you I don't know you were really hungry and you ate like I don't know 16 Kit Kats (laughs) not that that's happened five Mars bars yeah so you fill yourself up like that on basically on junk so you're going to feel full and then what's going to happen is you're going to have a massive burst of energy but you're almost going to be like hyperactive so you're going to be screaming about the place for half an hour and then the chances are you're going to slump massively yeah you're going to be like i've got to go and lay down in a dark room somewhere and recover from this similar thing happening dogs so when you're looking at your food i always recommend the nutritional consultations in store i think they're a massive help for people and i i know because i've seen firsthand the colleagues they take the time they go through it it's really important okay so my dog gets literally after he's eaten especially at night he will, he's not a puppy, by the way. This is just a side. He will run up the stairs and find me and just leap around. If I'm in bed, he'll just jump around and go, eh, play, 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 literally about 20 seconds after he's eaten. Is that just the nature of my dog and nothing to do with <laughs> the fact that I've just given him reasonably healthy diet? 
it's just <laughs> is that just a Jack Russell yeah so it might be a little bit his own nature and that he's patterned that behaviour over time like yeah. I have my dinner and then we play yeah um, interestingly at so, midnight so play after meal time dog to dog is really bonding so like I have three dogs they eat their meal and then they'll play or they might have like a little bit of mutual grooming and they'll yeah. play they'll play toy and things so it can be a similar thing to that right yeah maybe he's like I've eaten and now let's have a little yeah, bit of you bit know human sesh. to dog bonding and also feel good from being full we all know what mm. that's like a little bit hangry eat yeah. your dinner he's, a, he's also does a little days. bit of that when he, after he's done a poo as well he's happy <laughs> so yeah he's just yeah, he's the just, relief yeah he's just getting over he's just elated isn't he sorry Polly back to you <laughs> no that, that's right I think one thing um, that's worth mentioning as well, because we just talked about wet and dry, is I think you often hear the advice, oh, dry food is better because it's better for their teeth. And I think that's to be taken with a bit of a pinch of salt. I think there's other factors that play a much bigger Not role. Not literally, folks. Don't give <laughs> your dogs salt. <laughs> I think there are other factors that play a much bigger role as to whether your dog's going to get bad teeth or not and how to prevent it. So I would always recommend when you get a puppy, part of getting a puppy in training is getting them used to having their teeth brushed. That is the only way you're going to prevent dental disease. Don't believe any of the big marketing claims that this diet or this treat is going to, you know, remove all the plaque and tartar of your dog's teeth. It doesn't work like that. It's the same as with us. We need to brush our teeth. Our dogs need to brush our teeth and even their teeth, or we need to brush them. Even then, they probably still need a dental at some point in their lives. So I think, you know, whether you've got a cat or a dog, just expect them to need some dental treatment from the vet at some point. Some breeds are much worse than others. So we are going to be covering this off in the dental. Oh, are we? That's all right. We can use that. (laughs) And I can talk about other breeds. Okay, no, that's fine. What was the other thing I saw? So just to say that, so... Is it a myth that kibble is good for cleaning a dog's teeth? I would say yes. Okay, so it's not, don't, don't rely some, on that There to, are some to clean diets that have some evidence behind them that they do help um, with cleaning teeth, but that's a minority of, of diets. I would say generally, doesn't matter whether your feet wet or dry, it's not going to help your dog's teeth. There are other things that are more important. Okay, fine. Well, we'll be covering off uh, more on dental issues for your puppy in a future episode. So what we want to talk about frequency is there anything if we touched upon frequency of food is there anything else you wanted to add about frequency again it's dependent on the dog yeah um, there's some dogs that only want one meal a day um smaller dogs will need fed more frequently there's no right or wrong there okay so um i've got a few questions i want to ask before i know that um you've got a few questions you want to ask claire about behavioral correlation with nutrition but I just there's a few things that I've just jotted down that I've just read or heard a lot about and I just want to know if it's true or not so um both of you feel free to chip in um so things to remember are I've also heard that like some small dog breeds reach adulthood in just six months so they would need a diet that is higher in calories I mean some people is it true that the notion that a chihuahua needs less calories than a great day and that is just completely untrue isn't it or is it well, they they will need, if you look at how much they eat a day, it'll obviously be different. But in terms of sort of calories per kilogram of body weight, sort of in comparison, they probably need the, the same amount. A Great Dane will probably need puppy food or junior food for longer because right. they mature later. And obviously, they've got so much growing to do. They need especially um, minerals. Um, it's really important getting the mineral balance right. Whereas um, smaller breeds, you can transition them onto adult food sooner. Okay. 
interesting. And uh, what else? So I'm just going to go. I haven't got many questions, don't I? Um, so although kibble will provide your puppy with all the required nutrients, they may prefer a wet or dry food mix. But remember, all food contains calories. So if you do feed wet food on top of kibble, reduce the quantity of the dry food. You kind of touched upon that earlier, didn't you? Absolutely. So that would, you, we all yeah. agree on that one. Dogs mature at different rates. We've just covered that. So medium and large dog breeds can take a little longer to mature into adult dogs, which, Carleen, you literally just mentioned. So often a junior food would be a great transition. Would that be... Yeah, I think for small breeds, you probably don't have time to move on to a junior food. You can go straight to adult, but for your giant breeds, absolutely. You can probably have puppy than junior than adults to, to sort of transition them through those life stages. Okay, cool. And um, obviously, puppies have small stomachs and it takes time getting them used to solid foods when they're being weaned. So feed li- little and often during the stage? Yeah, weaning should have happened before you get your puppy. Right, so okay. they should be on completely solid food by the time you get them. Okay, so that's... But yeah, they can't maintain their energy levels or the, the sort of sugar in their blood quite as well as, as bigger animals. So that's why you need the frequency of meals initially when they're right. little. Okay. Um, so if you've got any concerns about your puppy's diet or nutrition, or even if you just want to ensure that your little friend is staying as healthy as possible, don't hesitate. Book your free in-store weight check and nutrition consultation in store. You can book an appointment to see one of our in-store trained nutrition consultants who can advise you on the right food for your puppy's life stage. Is that right, Maria? I haven't missed anything out there. Uh, sounds right to me. Yeah, I think you've covered it. Dogs, especially curious puppies, are opportunists, as we all know. So when it comes to getting their paws on anything delicious to eat, but not all everyday food is safe uh, for them to come into contact with, let alone eat. So Colleen has kindly made us uh, a list of harmful foods for puppies. And some of them, I think, I'm quite surprised are on there. I mean, for instance, we'll, we'll run through the list, but I know that the, the main ones that people know about are like chocolate and raisins but let's go through your list from the top and then we can discuss why so yeah chocolate chocolate is a big one and it's to do with what kind of chocolate so milk chocolate and white chocolate is probably not going to be that harmful but again it depends on the size size of your dog yeah and in fact i would say there's no need to give your dog any human foods really i mean there are a bit there are things like a bit of cooked chicken isn't going to do any harm but you know, there's plenty of dog treats out there. You've yeah. got a, a good food for your dog that you feed. So no need. If you want to avoid them begging at the table, just don't even start with I think, that. I think also it's good to know this list because of things like, you know, parties, Christmas, barbecues. If your dog's yeah. mooching about and stuff's getting dropped on the floor, you have to it's be good extra to know careful. that these are the things that you really need to look out for. So yeah, so chocolate and, and the poisonous bit in that is, is something called theobromine, which the darker the chocolate, the more of it is in there. So um, what does that, that do to a dog? Dark is it chocolate poisonous is, cats as well? It's more dangerous. Yeah, both cats and dogs. So it affects lots of things, but it can go all the way from just having really bad stomach upsets or um, having um, the shakes in a way. So neurological signs to full-blown seizures. So yeah, it can be very dangerous. The other one is caffeine. Our dogs don't need caffeine um, and they're a, lot more, they're a lot more sensitive to the effects than, than we are. So, yeah, if your puppy accidentally, you know, starts has a few licks of your cup of tea, don't panic. But it shouldn't be a, a, a regular um, thing that you feed your dog or if they start eating tea bags or, you know, grand coffee, if they actually get into a tin and start eating that 
I would be more concerned and, and contact your vet. Okay. The other one is onions, garlic and chives. So um, sort of all kind of in the same vegetable family. And again, that's an important one to be aware of because they're off, often hidden in foods when you don't know they're there. So I don't know if you give your dog some leftover stew or... Or spaghetti um, bolognese or something, mince yeah, that's got onion in it. Chances or pie are or... there will be onions yeah. in there and garlic. So again, just easiest thing is just not to feed them any, yeah. any human foods. I think this one's a given, but it's on the list. Alcohol. Um, don't don't give your dog alcohol. <laughs> and if you are, you really shouldn't have a pet. Yeah. Um, so again, like caffeine, our pets are a lot more sensitive to the effects um, mm. than we are. So again, all the way from vomiting and diarrhea to um, difficulty breathing, tremors, and even death. So just don't let yeah. them near it. You know, there's, I saw the program about, um, this isn't related to puppies necessarily, but I'm just asking, it, oh God, the more I think about this question, the more I realise what an idiot I sound. But there was that program on, there was a watering hole in the Serengeti or somewhere where all the animals used to go down and eat all the rotting fruit and they'd get drunk. Like, you know, wasps get drunk <laughs> on cider apples that are on the floor. It, c- c- does that happen to dogs? I mean, mm. should I just shut up and just not progress I, you know, question any I have further? Seen, I have seen severe gastric upsets in dogs that, yeah, people that have fruit trees. Fermenting fruit and stuff on the floor. Um, sort of half rotten apples or often it's stoned fruit as well. And obviously then the stones are quite dangerous. But yeah, just Okay, so be aware of away. fallen fruit yeah. if you've got a fruit yeah. tree in your garden. So next on the list, we've got moldy foods. And I think we touched on that in a previous episode as well. So puppies and dogs will try and raid bins because there's lots of tasty bits in there, but especially bread and dairy products um, grow quite dangerous molds when they're in the bin and left out. Oh, right. So, so it's not just um, all about the, the blue mold that, you know, no, a myth so, that you can just rub um, it on your skin like medieval people did and it's medicine. Really, it's not. yeah. Puppy proof your bin, yeah. I would say, is really, really important and keep any any rotting food and moldy food out, out of your dog's reach. Um, you mentioned grapes. Um, let's not forget raisins, currants, all the same um, family and the funny thing with those is that, you know, unlike chocolate, where the more, the darker the chocolate you can, the yeah. dog consumes and the more it consumes, the more likely it is to have negative side effects. With grapes, there is no correlation between amount and then the effects you see in the dog. So one dog might eat a whole bunch of grapes and be completely fine. Mm. And another dog might have three grapes and get kidney failure. Wow. Well, so say, it's what's the, not what's the dose cause? dependent it's at all. We don't really know. So again, something to absolutely avoid. So um, no sultanas, no raisins. No black grapes, no, no green grapes, just no Christmas avoid. pudding, yeah. no fruit cake, all of those things. Mince yeah. pies, avoid. yeah, avoid nuts and especially macadamia nuts are they um, so again yeah horrible? well again symptoms vary and and tend to be transient but it can be quite severe again tremors vomiting really bad fever so just better to avoid no nuts. think nuts just don't give nuts and also to your i dog. suppose when you're in a pub as well people like chucking crisps and peanuts at your dog that yeah. is an absolute no-no just, as well yeah and it's really fatty so foods like that like crisps peanuts or you know another thing um which isn't on this list but skin of chicken or crackling or you know christmas time turkey skin it's quite fatty and can actually trigger conditions like pancreatitis which is oh, really? um inflammation of the pancreas really painful wow. quite dangerous condition um that's often triggered by fatty foods so oh, yeah okay. stay away from the treats in the pub as so well if, if you are you know if you you know if you have to give your dog some cooked chicken just skin it first yeah don't give him skin 
Absolutely. What else have we got? I've so... heard that the worst, worst one that I wasn't actually aware of, and the only reason I, I honestly I flew at a bloke in the pub who was threw down a, a anti-smoking nicotine gum. Oh, my God. Well, I'll give him one of them. I was like, yeah. uh, no, because that will kill him. Nicotine, so, and it probably has xylitol in it, what, yeah, which is also on the list. So, um, xylitol is, a, is an artificial sweetener, and it's found in lots of different things. So not just chewing gum and, you know, any sort of chewy sweets, but also in peanut butter. There are some peanut butters that really? have it. And peanut <gasps> butter is quite a, a common, treaty thing, isn't a, it, quite a common thing that people put in Kong. So, again, something to check grief, um, yeah. and make sure that the peanut butter you buy doesn't contain xylitol. Does it so, have to be on the label? I mean, if you read the label, yeah, it will it have to have xylitol yeah, on it. it so, oh, that's a massive one. So just a little note on that, on the peanut butter, um, you can grab in Pets at Home stars pea mutt butter, well, which is specific doggy Everyone likes butter. a doggy pan. So yeah, I think like my bag. I, I would just <laughs> go down that path than trying to like do anything else. Yeah, just so that. Product, product placement, folks. <laughs> pea mutt butter available in Pets at Home stores. <laughs> Lastly, well, two two more to to mention. I think um, one is dairy products, um, right. so milk in particular, and and also um, blue cheese. Blue cheese because of the mold, I guess that's in blue cheese. Mm. The reason it's got blue on it is because it's a mold. That kind of mold, dogs again are are much more sensitive to okay. than humans are. So while it's safe for us to eat Roquefort or any other blue cheese stilton, actually the yeah the mold that's in there is is not safe for our dogs. Is that good for cheese in general? I mean, so dairy products in general, I would say don't feed on a regular basis. I mean, there are occasions that we're little, talking. Little cheese. Well, party. and we were talking Ooh. about muzzle training. So a bit of squirty cheese, you know, because it helps the consistency in there. But on the whole, I would say try and avoid um, cheese or dairy products because once our puppies are weaned, they become lactose intolerant. Right. Um, and that's quite a natural thing because why would an adult dog need to be able to digest dairy products? Yeah. They're not drinking from mum anymore we're actually quite unusual as humans that we can um, digest dairy products. And again, it's not all people in the world that can do that. So yeah, definitely stay away from, from dairy products. And then the absolute final one, sorry, it's quite a long list, is corn on the cob. Corn on the cob, I don't think people deliberately give it to their dogs, but it's one that unfortunately vets quite commonly discover as what we call a foreign body. So a dog that comes in and it's not quite right and it's vomiting and it's not doing well and it's got diarrhea. And unfortunately, corn on the cob doesn't show up on x-ray. It sits in the stomach. It doesn't get digested, but it's, it's that right size that it could come out of the stomach into the intestines and then it can cause serious serious blockages so really difficult symptoms for vets and 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 often owners haven't knowingly given it so there's no suspicion of it but yeah if you're having barbecues or you regularly eat corn on the cob be really really careful again puppy proof your bin don't drop it on the floor and keep an eye on those corn on the cob wow that's that's a new one on me i never Never heard that one before. So they are all really, really useful things. And um, are there any more? Is that your list of if you That's extinguished my list. your yeah. list? I mean, there are more things, but yeah. I sort of These wanted to pick out. These are the major ones that are most dangerous. Sort of, yeah, some major ones that I think you should be uh, aware of. Yeah, Claire, let's bring it in from a behavioural angle. Can puppies get bored with their food? Have you ever sort of come across a behavioural situation where 
puppies are just aren't eating because they're basically just bored of what they've been given every day? Yeah, absolutely. So we see this quite frequently that puppies are eating the full meal from the bowl or they're slower eating. That, I mean, it can be just sometimes that they're not hungry enough, but actually it's usually because the food is too boring in that bowl for that particular dog. So what dogs like and is really valuable to them in terms of their fulfillment is working for their food and earning their food. We've spoke a lot about Kongs. So you could put the food into a Kong for puppy to, to work out how to get it out and things oh, so, like that. Sorry, Maria, you were talking about you've always constantly got a jar of the peanut the butter. The peanut butter, yes. And she yeah, loves it. She Rags does, loves and it. it helps to seal the food in so it doesn't yeah. just all fall out so yeah absolutely so things like that things like uh, the plastic treat balls are are, are great so you open them up they're very straightforward you open them up you pour the breakfast in you close them up but so puppy smells it and then he interacts with the ball so he pushes it around with his nose and then the kibbles fall out he picks them up on the way around but what he's essentially doing is hunting and foraging for the food which is really really important there are some breed specifics in this so if you've got more of a working breed so I don't know, a Springer Spaniel, a Shepherd, a Point or something like that, a Vizsla, these kind of breeds, they're more going to be inclined to want to do that um, than perhaps your more toy breeds. But I think all dogs have got a need for it to a certain extent. So your puzzle toys, your treat balls, your Kongs, scatter feeding to a certain degree, throw it about, let the dog hunt it. Which might be more very... practical for some people than yeah, others, isn't absolutely. it? If you've got young children, maybe you can't quite do that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're not in 1973, but we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I think in store we sell quite a lot of different types of puzzle feeders. There's loads out there to help from a welfare point of view enrichment as well, yeah. isn't it? The Boredom buster is important. Hugely important as well, the enrichment. And the, the other thing with it as well, from a from a human perspective, for example, getting up on a morning and you've got to get ready for work and kids are getting ready for school and puppy wants all the attention because it's been asleep all night, giving them something like a treat ball or a couple of stuffed Kongs to occupy them while they have their breakfast. So they're still with you. Yeah. We've not had to put them away, but they're doing something that allows you that little bit of time. So you're going to extend your meal time for that dog. So you could go either way, really. So you could have a puppy that is very slow and hesitant at eating because they're so that's going to make that better for them but also if you've got the opposite end of the scale and a very greedy puppy so he's inhaled the food before it's hit the floor (laughs) that's going to span that out for you so that that meal time might go from being like 30 seconds to 20 minutes half an hour yeah um, if you do enough with it so both ways around really important amazing well, I think that's pretty much covered everything on nutrition. Colleen, have you got anything to add to that? No, I think we've, we've covered a lot of good points. I mean, you can talk for hours about yeah, it. I know, but yeah. We've only we've got, got limited 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully that was interesting and useful to anybody with a puppy. Um, if you've got any nutrition questions, again, go into store, have a chat with the colleagues, uh, book one online, a nutrition, a free nutrition consultation and weight checks. That's all available. And uh, check the notes in the podcast. Subscribe, share, tell your friends about it, all your fellow puppy owners, um, because we've got some really good stuff coming up in the next few episodes. So thanks for listening and catch you next time. Bye.